It's TechBiter Worldwide for the week of June fifteenth, two 2008. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour. That's because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. If you watch the Alias television series, you may recall a scene, I think it was in the first season, maybe early in the second season, in which Sidney Bristow, who had volunteered to work with the CIA to bring down SD6, was telling her handler, Michael Vaughn, that they should be able to finish the job in a few weeks. As proof, she sketched a diagram of the organization. Vaughn countered by unrolling an enormous sheet of paper that showed the known components of SD6. It was that kind of moment for me when I happened across a sketch of a botnet. Botnets are collections of software robots that run systems automatically. Now, these things can be used for good purposes, but most of the ones we hear about are the ones used by spammers and other criminals. Researcher David Vorell mapped IP addresses of computers controlled by a botnet and created an intricate geometric representation of the system. There's a link to all of those diagrams from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. The images are frightening, but they're also quite interesting, and in some ways, they're even beautiful. But you'll have to judge that for yourself when you take a look. Several botnets have been found and eliminated over time, but some estimates suggest that 25% of all personal computers connected to the Internet will at some point become part of a botnet. That's a one in four chance. Now, that's toward the high end of the estimates. But Dutch police identified a botnet with 1.5 million nodes, and officials in Norway shut down a botnet with 10,000 nodes. A Wikipedia article on the Storm botnet notes that the network was created by the Storm Worm Trojan Horse that was spread by email spam. The number of infected machines is estimated to be between 160,000 and 1 million. The Storm botnet was identified in early 2007, and it has been used for a lot of criminal activities. So far, police have been unable to identify the criminals behind it. They're pretty hard to trace. The botnet's combined computing power is greater than some of the world's top supercomputers, but security analyst James Turner says that comparing a botnet to a supercomputer would be rather like comparing an army of snipers to a nuclear weapon. The main problem botnets pose is their ability to consume Internet bandwidth. The operators of Storm could easily run denial-of-service attacks that would be extremely disruptive. Consider that an advance warning, a data point, if you will. Catching up on an old problem, you may remember that last year I mentioned a display problem exhibited by Microsoft Excel 2007. That problem involved math functions that produced the number 65,535, one of those binary magic numbers. As it turned out, it also applied to some nearby neighbors of 65,535. Some math functions that resulted in that number, for example, if you multiplied 850 by 77.1, you would get a displayed answer of 100,000 instead of 65,535. In most cases, the result in any further calculations produced correct answers, 
but in a few instances the displayed value was used instead of the calculated value in memory, and that caused the error to cascade through the entire spreadsheet. Well, the problem has been fixed quietly. Last year I explained it this way. 65,535 is a magic number, a binary endpoint. Hex FFFF or binary 16 ones in a row. The largest 16-bit number. Between 1 and 65,535, there are 10,023 numbers that appear to create the wrong answer when used to divide 65,535 and then multiply the result. The result of the two math operations will display 100,000 instead of 65,535. Well, recently I happened to revisit the spreadsheet I had created to display the problem, and you can see that on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week, too. When I opened the sheet, all of the answers were correct. It wasn't magic, just Microsoft's automatic update process. Last October, the Microsoft haters had a grand time trying to turn what was essentially a display problem into a life-threatening disaster. It wasn't that at the time, and now that the numbers display as calculated, it isn't even a minor problem. Every now and then somebody accuses me of being an Apple hater, and I am not. I own, actually, now more Apple computers than Windows computers. I don't use the Apples as much, but for some reason I seem to own more of them. So I don't exactly hate Apple. Sometimes the company annoys me. Every Sunday for the past couple of months, Apple has wanted to install something on my Windows computer. The notification doesn't say what it wants to install, but I presume that it's probably the useless, at least as far as Windows goes, Safari. I use Safari on the Apple computer sometimes, but I don't want it on my Windows computer. It used to be that Apple told me what it was going to install, but now it keeps everything a deep, dark secret. The Apple software update pops up and says, Apple Software Update for Windows, version 2.1. No indication what it is. It doesn't tell me very much. Now, if Apple wants to install something on my Windows computer, it's going to have to tell me what it is that it intends to install. It's not an iTunes update. iTunes is up to date. So I presume it's Safari. So I'm not going to allow Apple, which has proven itself not to understand exactly how to write a robust Windows application, to install something, unless they tell me exactly what it is. Well, after a few weeks of that nonsense, I decided to find out what was generating the messages and simply get rid of it. That was really pretty easy. And I resolved another problem at the same time. Although I am careful about allowing applications to install useless and sometimes harmful toolbars, the Ask.com toolbar had been installed for Internet Explorer, that's not a big deal because I don't use Internet Explorer very much except when some misguided code jockey designs a site that won't work properly with Firefox. So in the process of finding and exterminating the Apple software update, I also noticed the Ask toolbar. Removing both of them took just a few seconds and eliminated both annoyances. Why do companies insist on inconveniencing people by doing things the way Apple and ask, do them. And speaking of Firefox, in nerdly news, you might be wondering if Mozilla is ever going to release Firefox version 3. I waited until Firefox 3 Beta 5 was released before downloading it. I liked what I saw, at least generally, 
Some of my favorite add-ins haven't been updated yet to work with version 3. And then came Release Candidate 1. After a few weeks, Release Candidate 2. And this week, Release Candidate 3. Will the release candidates never stop? Actually, this should probably be called Release Candidate 2.0000001, because the modification is so minor. The only difference between Release Candidate 2 and 3 is a single change for Mac OS X users. There is no change for users running the previous Firefox Release Candidate versions on Windows or Linux. So if you're a Firefox user who has been waiting to download version 3, your wait is almost over. It'll end on June 17th. According to the Mozilla organization, after more than 34 months of active development and with the contributions of thousands, we're proud to announce that we're ready. It is our expectation to ship Firefox 3 this upcoming Tuesday, June 17th. Put on your party hats and get ready to download Firefox 3, the best web browser period. That's the opinion of the Mozilla organization. You would expect that from them. I still find it rather funny to think of shipping a product that's a download, but we still dial telephones only. See a dial on a telephone lately? As far as version 3 goes, I've mentioned the primary enhancements in the new version, better memory management, faster operation, a lot of features that will make it easier for developers to create add-ons for Firefox, and a few additions that affect the user interface. In fact, there are more than 15,000 updates that address issues such as performance, stability, rendering correctness, code simplification, and sustainability. If you're a fan of Firefox, you are absolutely going to want version 3. If you're among the less than half of 1% of users who still have stuck with Netscape, you should probably want Firefox. If you're an Opera fan, well you'll probably continue to use Opera. And if your favorite browser is Internet Explorer, well, I'm sorry. Okay, that was needlessly snarky. IE7 really isn't a bad browser, it's just that Firefox is a better browser. Somehow, something seems wrong here. ACDC has signed an exclusive deal with Walmart to sell the band's new CD in Walmart stores and only in Walmart stores. If you're an AC-DC fan, you're not going to be able to get the CD from iTunes. You won't find it at Target, not at Meijer, no chance at Circuit City or Amazon. Apple's online music store may be the largest music retailer in the country, but Walmart is the store that sells more CDs than anybody else. I wonder, does this say something about Walmart or about its customers? CD sales continue to decline because most people want the music, not the shiny plastic disc. Walmart will certainly promote the CD heavily, and previously Walmart has dealt directly with artists such as the Eagles to bypass the labels. Oh, gee, sorry, Recording Industry Association of America. ACDC last released a CD in 2000. It sold just under one million copies, but online music sales had barely begun at that time. Since then, online sales have increased, and sales of CDs have essentially tanked. Now we'll see how this experiment works out. Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of June fifteenth, two 2008. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com, and you can send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.